You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 478. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we discuss the 2022 season opener of Your Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> and, oh, wait, that's the wrong podcast. Right. Uh, we could talk about that, though. <laughs> Prime Video, Lord of the Rings prequel, The Rings of Power. Um, and, yeah, we're recording Monday, September 12th and ordinarily we go at eight o'clock at night unless you have off school that particular day and you got in touch with me about an hour ago your power was out and fortunately came back yeah, on dg and e came through yeah um so yeah doesn't always work out that way but you had mentioned you know they they put the the eta for when you're going to get your power back and and i notice invariably it comes on sooner and then you think oh yeah bg and e they're all right yeah, it's like yeah. okay, you knew that all along. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway, it's, all, it's but, all a game. It's it's like when they send you like the the little notices about how much energy you use versus your neighbors. You know, it's like like I'm always kicking my neighbors' asses. I use so much more energy than they do. You know, it's just like yeah. I, I, well, you know, and and you probably got a lot of laptops going at the same time for right. sure. Well, um, the one time I put it on Facebook is a joke. Everyone's like, yeah. I get it all the time. It says the same thing for me, too. You know, So I think pretty much everyone gets it just as a way of bg trying to get people to use less energy. But I don't think they actually want people to use less. I think they probably want is that, that's how they make their money, right? People use more. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and that's good for me. I inherited a bunch of bg e stock from my grandmother oh, nice. <laughs> like there 25 years ago so that I, I hung on to it. So, uh Anyway, uh, enough about that. If you guys want to contact us, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. The website, sci-fi TV rewatch.podbean.com is how you can go and I think more easily check out the back catalog. Although y- y- you know how some podcasts you go to and you, you, you like, you know, I use iTunes uh, or, or now Apple podcasts. And you look at a particular podcast and, you know, sometimes they're arranged, you know, you know, really in, in an orderly fashion. Sometimes they're all over the place. And, uh, you know, we generally keep a pretty orderly house when it comes to uh, our old podcast. We record straight through, but we have news and then we don't have news because I think we've come to a decision on what we're going to cover after the rings of power but you know if we told you guys then you'd think oh dave and wayne are on top of things right are they okay <laughs> <laughs> we so, don't want to alarm anyone so right. we'll hold on to this yeah so we'll hold on to this for a while but i think it will make most people happy i i didn't know about this show i'm, I'm sorry either glad you brought it to my attention and and it looks cool and you know at this point there's just like a two minute trailer but uh, you know that that's all we're going to say for the moment right all right now what i am watching and, and i've got kind of a uh no nah, it's not really a rant it's just a kind of a minor i guess little niggle that that uh i'm having trouble wrapping my head around but uh, i'm watching season three of the man in the high castle and and you know when when you let me know your power's out i thought all right i'll, I'll keep watching and if he can record great if not i'll keep going with man in the high castle and you know it's kind of losing steam and then as soon as i started thinking that it's sort of picking up and uh, i'll just leave it at that i don't want to spoil it Uh, we've talked many times about statute of limitations on shows but uh, you know it's i I don't know you know yeah Yeah. i I guess you could argue that if you i I think it's probably still fresh enough that maybe like we should avoid spoilers for a bit yeah um i certainly love the relationship between joe and nicole and you know i'll leave it at that but the other thing is i mentioned last week i was watching an italian crime drama called thou shalt not kill and it it really is a great show but there's some things that i just don't get and i actually messaged fred hoping he could maybe you know you know give me some uh illumination some feedback on maybe i'm looking in the wrong places but number one okay this is a show we're watching on prime video although i think it's through our pbs account through prime video but i i don't know but anyway 48 episodes we've watched all 48 okay four seasons 12 episodes each 
Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I go on to IMDb, you know, because want to know what other things the actors have been in. IMDb, no, 36 episodes, two seasons. Season one is 12 episodes. Season two is 24. Well, okay. What about the other 12 episodes? Yeah. And what's up with that? Yeah. So, and I've read differing accounts, different places. And and then the other thing I'm, I, I want to know, well, you, is there going to be another season? So, you know, I go online, try to find out. I can't find anything, not a word. And I mean, you look at, and I want to say American shows, but it's, you know, I haven't really had this trouble with a lot of the international shows. You go online and you can find you know, ending explained. Okay, this show had a, a pretty shocking ending. And my wife and I are both like, no, she's not. Is she? I couldn't find one article about ending explained. No, look, you know, my wife and I are smart. We can figure it out on our own, but still you like to read things and you maybe think, all right, well, you know, season five, what do we know? And you, we've talked about this before, you know, you wrote three, 400 words and you basically don't know anything. You're just BSing your audience. So they'll click your website, right? right whatever. Which is like 90% of them. Exactly. So, you know, Fred, he said, well, I go to IMDB, Wikipedia. Well, yeah, I checked those. And Fred suggested, what about Italian Wikipedia? Check that. My Italian's rusty, but I muddled through. Um, well, you could always like click the thing. Yeah, I know. But you know what? <laughs> it, it's like, I could tell it was the same exact right. amount. So, I don't know. You know, maybe you like entered a wormhole into some kind of alternate universe where they filmed 12 extra episodes. Well, you know what? I think I'm going to have happened in this, in this universe. I'm going to have to go to the dark web, I think. And, uh, dark web. Yeah. I got the browser for it. Nice. So, uh, anyway, um, what are you watching? Enough of my rant. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, I don't. Do, are you caught up on uh, the um, House of the Dragon? Not even close. We've only watched the first episode. Okay. Well, there was a pretty for those of you who are. And I'm not going to say because I'm not going to spoil. But there was there was a pretty shocking scene in it. And uh, my oldest, who's now almost 22, he was like, "You know, Dad, you want to watch House of the Dragon?" And I'm like, "Yeah," but you know, like I had to. Help my daughter get her lunch together. Then I had to go help my wife make the you know, so there's just all kinds of things happening at like nine o'clock. So he went ahead and watched it on his own. I went ahead and watched it later. And uh, this morning I see him, I'm like, So what'd you think about House of the Dragon? He's like, I'm glad I wasn't watching it with you. Oh, okay. So <laughs> one of those kind of sh- yeah, 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 yeah. So uh well, they are the Targaryens um, after all. Right. So, uh, oh no, that know, would have been the Lannisters, actually. Just, that that being said, well, in, in this case, is the Targaryens who are, yeah. Okay. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Uh, I also recently saw the Elvis movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. I thought it was actually pretty good. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself, like, <coughs> excuse me, a huge Elvis fan. And there is actually a deleted scene in Pulp Fiction where Uma Thurman asked John Travolta, you know, most people either, uh, Beatles fans or Elvis fans, and she looks. He's got cowboy boots on and everything. She's like, "I guess I know which camp you're in," you know. So I would probably consider myself a Beatles guy if oh, yeah. I had to make a choice between the two. But I do like Elvis, like, so I was interested. I have been to Graceland. Uh, uh, I was looking forward to this movie, and overall, I thought it was pretty good, honestly. And I know, like Tom Hanks, obviously is a generational talent probably maybe the best actor of of our time but in this movie with him playing colonel tom parker there's just too much of him and colonel tom parker i didn't need so much of him the movie is called elvis i want to see elvis right yeah sure and and they really told it through kind of the lens of of colonel tom parker and not trying to you know make him seem like he was a better guy because obviously his reputation is pretty, he's pretty well reviled, you know, by almost everyone and anyone. But, uh, so it wasn't in, in any way trying to kind of rewrite the book on the guy, but just 
it did tell through him and just, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I just found myself thinking, I just wish they would do more because the best scenes are obviously the ones where Elvis is performing. Right. And the kid, I can't remember the name of the guy who played Elvis. He was great. Did just spot on. He was awesome. Um, it, you know, you just really, it, it was, he did such a good job that at the end of the movie, they start off with him. And this is like one of the last times I was performed. So he was like, really heavy and he's in Vegas. He can, you know, he's just singing a piano. They start off with the actor, but then they cut to the actual Elvis. And it was like for, it was like a second that I'm like, I said to my daughter, I'm like, I think that's actually Elvis. I don't think it's the actor anymore, you know, but that's how good a job the kid did in that when they actually cut the Elvis, it was just like, is that actually Elvis or not? You know, like, so it was good. Um, you know, worth it. You wouldn't want to, it's, it's long. It's like two and a half hours long. Ah, so, I can handle know. that. Um, but uh, but I, I I enjoyed it. And the last one, I know I talked a lot about Elvis. And, and this one, I've only watched like the first two episodes. But it's a science fiction uh, series, a uh, British one, called uh, Years and Years. I don't know if you've heard about no. this. No. Uh-uh. It's uh, Russell T. Davies, actually, was the, the, the creative mastermind behind this one. And... You know, it just it's just basically follows this family in uh you know, starts off kind of in current day Britain and right now so far they've jumped to twenty twenty four. I think they started in like twenty nineteen and, and then it's just in the the space of a couple episodes they've jumped ahead like five years and everything. Um they actually do quite a bit of jumping, I think right at first. But um, but yeah, you know the world is it's it's a crazy place. There's all kinds of things going on. It's it's kind of like this dystopian uh, future. Uh, you know, like really so far, I haven't really gotten any. I don't know if there's sci-fi element to it or not. And I think I just started because Russell T. Davies in dystopian future. I'm like, all right, you got me. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm only two episodes in right now, but it seems pretty good. The uh, I can't remember the name of the guy. Well, uh, uh, Emma Thompson's in it. Uh, she plays a kind of Trump-like politician, uh, except in Britain. The uh, the guy who was the the wolf in Being Human, he was the werewolf. I can't. I think his name is Toby something. I can't remember. Uh, he's in it as well. He's great. Um, so the the cast is is really really good. Uh, so far, tight writing. Uh, I like it. I'm looking forward to uh, to watching more. Cool. All right. Well, you know the way you describe it, I think you'll want to check out This Is Us. But you know, I, yeah, know, I know your schedule's tight. So, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, let's get to Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power, Episode Three of Season One, titled Adar, written by Jason Cahill, who wrote two episodes from Season One of Fringe. And Justin Doble, who wrote four episodes of Stranger Things, directed by Wayne Yip, three episodes of Doctor Who, which I thought you nice. were maybe going there for a second when you talked about the time jumps. Yeah. This one was released on <laughs> September 8th or 9th of 2022. <laughs> no, nobody can get that straight yeah. when it's released. I, I, I was obviously totally wrong with my with, – I, you know, I had read – but I guess it was just with those first two episodes that they released it at Greenwich Mean Time, and that you know obviously everything else I think they release. Now there's still uh, dispute, so depending on well, where they, you go, they got it. I mean, they they didn't. I, I thought I would be able to watch them Thursday night, but they weren't. Right, hadn't dropped yet right. Thursday night. So, all right. Anyway, you know we, we've mentioned throughout the course of the podcast Joseph Campbell's. Hero's Journey, Monomyth, and, and, you know, some of the shows we cover, it applies, some it doesn't, and, and there are, I forget whether it's eight or nine stages along the way, and, and, you know, you don't have to necessarily follow every stage to the letter, but I think it, it bears considering, as we said, either, yeah, I guess last week, and, and just throw a first couple stages out there that as you might expect stage one the the hero is in his or her ordinary world it's like that starting place it's a safe place and you know i think that that's you know the kind of situation somebody might say well okay duh all right fine fair enough uh stage two that call to adventure where there's some sort of 
maybe threat to call their adventure. Right. They're, they're, what did I say? No, you said call to oh, adventure, okay. but you say there's some kind of, I'm like, well, there's some kind of call to adventure. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, threat to the safety of the individual or, or safety of, of, you know, usually to society in general. Exactly. Uh, their comfort is disrupted. And then stage three, which I, I always find the most fascinating is the refusal of the call, you know, that, that reluctant hero. And I always go back to Mad Max in particularly the road warrior. And, and, you know, we've talked about, you know, even Firefly with, with uh, Malcolm Reynolds and the crew. It's like, all right, if I have to do the right thing, I will, but I don't like it. Right. And, you know, just that refusal of the call. So, uh, whether it's because they have doubts about themselves or they're just flat out afraid, doesn't matter. And, and you know, at, at this point, you, you know, we don't really know what's going on. We have some characters to consider, uh, obviously Galadriel, uh, Arendir, Bronwyn, Nori, yeah, maybe some of the others that, that we're introduced to here. But we'll, we'll be talking about it in, in the next few weeks for sure. Right on. So, uh you know, we certainly get uh, a couple major reveals here in this episode, not the least of which is Halbrand's true identity, which anybody that says they saw that coming, unless, of course, they read the Silmarillion. Right. Well, I mean, did you see I, that? The, the King yeah, of the I, Southlands? I, well, I, I think, well, I, I, I feel like I maybe even said something about it. But I would have to go back and actually listen to our podcast before to find out. But like, he definitely struck me as a Strider slash Aragorn okay. Okay. character, you know, like sure. from the front. Now, you sent me something wondering if he were Sauron. Right. And I'm like, that would be interesting. I'll be upset if that's the case because I don't see it because I'd see him more like as that, that you know, guy who's just the, the, the sketch dude who's actually like a king in somehow. So I'm not saying I saw it coming, but I, I, I thought that he was like, there was more to him than, than meets the eye. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that, you know, again, unless you you've read all the materials and you're this Tolkien scholar that, that you're, you're kind of operating like most of us relatively blind as to who these characters are might be and, and and again i go back to uh the stranger and, and thinking I, I think you're absolutely right it's going to turn out to be gandalf it's, but i every time i see i'm like so yeah yeah much yeah he's definitely not sorry like there's I, I think he could be either sauron or gandalf and again that's just me hoping to yeah. see gandalf obviously so part of that's something but i'm pretty sure that that's that's who he's going to turn out to be right and, and back to halbrand for a second though why is he hiding his identity? What is he hiding relative? So we don't really have any indication at this point. Fred mentioned, well, except he's the, you know, the heir of the, to the kingdom of the people who, you know, fought for the bad guy, right? Well, that's true too. Right, right, right. And, and, and certainly, you know, I mean, the main storyline in this episode focuses on how Brandon Galadriel in Numenor, you know, we get a little bit of, you know, the Harfoot and, and a little bit of Arendir and the Orcs, but it's primarily uh, taking place in Numenor, which which is a fascinating story. And you know, we talked last week, uh, were they taken aboard by a pirate ship? Well, no, but they certainly weren't taken aboard by friendlies. And, and, and we get that sense that, all right, well, these are obviously civilized sailors, Right. That have they have like uniforms and everything. Oh my gosh. That that have taken them on board. But we get a sense they're not really happy about saving these two individuals. Then that that scene, you know, again Well, I think they're not happy about saving the elf. Well, right, 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 right. Racist. Visually, I mean this this show is stunning and, and I suspect it, it will be through the entire to run. See the least yes man. and Holy, i was watching this on a laptop and i was like whoa <laughs> like so i just wish i could because uh, you know, i was out of town this this weekend so i you know I, I had to watch on my laptop and i was just i was like ah i can't believe i i can't see this on my nice 
big TV with my, you know, my uh, sound bar hooked up to it and everything because it looks so cool. Yeah, there's no question. And, and right from the start, when they're sailing into the harbor and, and these huge sculptures of faces on the rock, uh, rocks, and and we don't necessarily know who these people are. I don't know whether we're going to come to find out or, or not, but. Uh, we learn that this is the westernmost of all mortal realms, and it, it doesn't take long to realize that, okay, these people are humans. Uh, obviously, we just need to take a peek at their ears. They're clearly an advanced culture, and we learn that they did not side with Morgoth in the Great War, but rather stood with the elves and were granted this island. But we don't really learn what's caused this estrangement. Right between the people of Numenor and the elves, because as you said, they clearly are not happy about bringing an elf to the island. Yeah. And you know, when I saw Numenor, I was like, I just, I felt like I've seen something like that before. And I think it's probably what I'm thinking of is when in the Lord of the Rings movies, when they first arrived at Gondor. And I think that's probably what I'm, comparing it to because i thought i'd seen this before and i yeah i still haven't gone back and watched movies i really just gotta bite the bullet and go watch those movies again but um just not all in one night not all in one night exactly you know and i was i was i was like god i feel like i've seen this setting before but i looked it up and and know that they they were mentioned in the books i guess numenor mentioned the books but um peter jackson did not have numenor in any of his movies apparently um so i think i was thinking of when they first came into gondor which kind of looked like that with all these big statues and everything it looked very impressive but but yeah like definitely a you know when we see we've said before you know the the lord of the rings books slash movies are really this transition from the world of like the elves to the world of men people become the dominant um, kind of beings uh, of Middle Earth, um, and so we can see here, like you know, the the beginning seeds of that. Like as you said, like the uh, an advanced civilization that has you know, reached a point where you know, if you were able as a civilization to create you know huge works of art, like obviously, you know, you you need a certain level of having your previous your lower needs met in order to build these massive statues in a harbor. Right. Now, you know, we don't know uh, everything, you know, maybe we need to know about Galadriel at this point. Clearly, one thing we've learned is that people's skills are not her strong suit. But the fact that she doesn't really know what happened to cause this estrangement when she clearly knows everything about everything, if you just ask her and she'll tell you, but we saw last week that she knows when it's prudent to hide her ears here. She makes no such effort. Is it because she, you know, is among humans? I mean, on the one hand, that doesn't make any sense. Um, or probably, you know, she assumed that they were cool. Yeah. Right. Because, Hey, we gave you this Island. Yeah. We fought together. Remember the great war? Yeah. Right. But that's also a thing where like, you know, again, I think probably it's, it's, it's like a product of elves living so long. And for her, it's just like, well, it's just yesterday we fought in the war together. Right. We're all cool. But that was probably generations ago. Yeah, and, and so the, this current generation, like we we know the the queen, I can't remember her name, the queen's father, you know, sympathized with the elves, and so they you know sent him into exile. Yeah, and- uh, so it's much different now. But for her, it probably is because the last she recalls, we were all good. But that was for the people that's long ago, and then the people that sided with the elves are all dead now. All right, but yeah, I think we even said last week, how do elves not recognize that? about themselves and their relation with humans or you know with with dwarves as was the the case last week so uh, regardless fred mentions that she comes across as arrogant and i'm not sure that's a powerful enough descriptor <laughs> it's accurate but yeah probably not quite as powerful as we i mean say. she tries to bully the queen into yeah. giving her a ship to return home 
and she just hasn't really she doesn't like read the room very no, well you know? no and and <laughs> and obviously that's Halbrand's strong suit because he yes. quickly diffuses the situation buys them three days and you know the the, the thing that I, I wasn't quite sure about does he try to kiss her or take her sword and because she reacts and, and I, I watched it a couple of times and I find it hard to believe he was trying to kiss her at this point. Yeah. I feel like no. But yeah. Now take her sword. Yeah. That, that that's believable. Yeah. Um, the queen played by Cynthia Adai Robinson is just wonderful. Um, Ellendale, who is another character that we're introduced to played by Lloyd Owen, you know, she confronts him about his name and we're like, okay, well, where's this headed? Oh, so your name means elf lover, or I forget exactly yeah. what she says. So, um, you know, are are you going to side with the elves? And and on the one hand, I I think it's fair to ask the question. Well, you're just now thinking to ask him this, but why right. would she have asked him before? Because there were no it's elves been have been there for quite some time. Right, right, exactly. Like right. There's the yeah. As we said, they probably have had. Zero contact with elves for generations. Right. So. There's, there's no reason. And again, you have to love his ability, willingness to stand up to the queen. But but again, like uh, like Halbrand, he, he reads the room. He, he certainly knows the queen. He has a certain level of standing with her. But that line, and I think he delivers it to his son as well, the sea is always right. And in this case, he's trying to explain to her, she needed my help. I took her on board. I found out she was an elf. Did you really think I was just going to throw her back no, in? Should I just throw her back? Right. And the law of common humanity, and, right? Like it's or, or uh, elf humanity. Yeah, yeah. But when the queen then says he's got to perform a service, is kill the elf? Is that the service? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. I, 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 I would suck. And, and it's not going to happen because we know, like Galadriel, like we know she survives. So well, right, right, right. And again, as we said at the beginning of this discussion last week, we know in many cases where we're going to end up. We don't know exactly how we're going to get there. So right. is he expected to kill her? And you know, comes to her in the middle of the night and says, "You and Halbrand need to come with me now. We're we're getting out of this place." And I mean, I kind of felt like that, but that just seems just so crazy, you know? Well, it does. Like, if nothing it, else, you're going to bring the elves down on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, although, is this going to be, uh, you know, like Black Panther? I can't think of the name of the the country in, in uh, where uh, uh, Wakanda. Wakanda. I mean, is this going to be like Wakanda? They can hide themselves from from yeah, right, everybody right. else and that the elves won't be able to find them but you know again it's just the the developing relationships uh, you yes you could make the argument that we're almost 40 percent into the first season and we're still world building we're still introducing characters and that's true apparently we are going to get five seasons which is apparently also true. So that makes my head swim a little bit. Well, it does. <laughs> but that that scene where Elendil catches Galadriel eyeing up one of his ships, and and again, uh-huh. again it just we don't know where this relationship's going to go. It, it, you know, there's some sort of a trauma that Elendil's family has suffered. We see he's got a son and a daughter. Who, yeah, his son's a sealder. Right, 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 and and the daughter like Irian, ear, right, but Isildur, right? Oh, I mean, is this the Isildur, like oh. the the great king that's going to take down Sauron? Oh, see, like right, because yeah. that's that was right. I, I mean, I might be wrong. But I'm pretty sure that was the name of the king who who took down, you know, took the ring of power to for himself. Oh, see, I, I'm I'm really rusty with my Lord of the Rings lore here so it's a good thing we got you on board to to, uh bring those kinds of things up because (laughs) i mean i'm looking up just to make sure okay um but obviously both of his children 
are doing well for themselves. The, the son is about to you know, undergo the, the, the test to become a mariner. His daughter's just been in, uh, accepted into the Builders Guild, which is apparently something she's thrilled with. Dad, maybe not so much. I don't know what he expected for her. But I like how he said, like, wait, I thought you flunked that test, yeah. basically. You know, like, Dad. Yeah. But, <laughs> you got to be a little bit more supportive there, bro. Yeah, but, you know, mom is nowhere to be seen. So is the trauma, you know, the mother's death that occurred tragically. Well, and they mentioned the brother, too, right? Oh, a third child. Yeah, I think you're right. You're right. I'm, um, but anyway, now, what does seem... I don't want to say hard to believe, but given everything we've seen out of the queen, which, you know, albeit is not a ton, that he agrees to take her to the Hall of Lore seemed to be taking a a pretty big risk, unless if he were caught that he would just tell the queen, oh, no, I was just taking her out there to kill her. So, which we know was not true, but the Hall of Lore pretty freaking cool place no no question yes and uh there was so many cool places in this episode right i mean like fred mentions it i mean just like oh my god just it's just like it's i I, we've said before i'm probably gonna keep saying it's just so like just the 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 just the cinematography and the camera work it's just unbelievable you know well i don't know if i call it camera yeah i mean the 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 visuals sure sure i mean and and just the the nuances that that clearly she is thrilled to be back on a horse because it's now she's back in her warrior mentality even though she's only riding to a library but but fine it's still it's part of who she is and she was so psyched just to get on the horse yeah so it's like I am so sick of ships. Actually, I'm so glad that you said horse. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and, and obviously she's searching for information about the sigil that she found during her you know search for Sauron. You know, then she learns that the former king, as you mentioned at the beginning of the discussion, was deposed because he was friendly toward the elves, and and uh, that's when they learn. Well, it's not a sigil, but it's a map of the Southlands, and uh, you know later on. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm the king, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, funny you should mention the Southlands. Right. That whole idea about creating a realm of their own where evil would not only endure but thrive. So, uh, again, I mean, not to belabor the point, we know where we're headed. We just don't know how we're getting there or, or how quickly right. we're going we're gonna to get there. Right. We know that that evil... Yeah, we know they're not going to defeat the evil. Yeah, you know? right. Um, Isildur is the Isildur, so we know he's going to kind of temporarily, but he doesn't destroy the Ring of Power, so he allows the evil. You know, it's only until Frodo throws that thing, and even Frodo didn't really right. Uh, it was just it took him. It, it was uh, really Smeagol or Gollum who, you know, biting off his finger, and then falling into the the um, fire there. In, in, in Mount Mordor. Um, so, you know, I mean, I guess that's the kind of the thing about Tolkien is that evil doesn't go away. Like, you can't just, you can have any, as many big battles as you want. And I think he was, was he not a veteran of World War One? I, I, I feel like he might have been. Tolkien? Um, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think so. I don't recall reading that, but I could be wrong about that. But, I mean, either way, he was certainly impacted sure 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 by the war and you know it's like evil doesn't die you can like loads of people can fight you have huge wars and it's still not gonna get rid of the bad the bad's always gonna be there evil is patient yeah i want to go there love is patient love is evil no right right um What about Halbrin, though? You know, that, that scene where it, it appears that he wants to make himself useful, kind of become a, a useful member of society. Hey, I've got blacksmith skills. Is this some sort of a plan of his? Is this, you know, ingratiate myself to the local populace and then I'm going to do something later on? Or is he looking at it like you know what? It's a nice place. I wouldn't mind settling down here. Uh, I need a job. Hey, I'm a blacksmith. And, and that's kind of the 
the way I'm going. But then, you know, he also likes his drink. And the next thing you know, he's in jail. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. That was, that was a good fight though. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, after Galadriel confronts him about his identity, that great line, I'm not the hero you seek. And, on the right. one hand, which is exactly that, what Strider would say. Well, there you go. And, and again, we know exactly, well, no, you're exactly the hero she sings. And, right. and right. you know, okay, well, that's fine. the best, the best heroes, right? Are the reluctant ones. Exactly. Right? He's not looking for glory. He's not looking for money. He does not look for anything. Right. Right. Uh, and in fact, like you said, like the, the hero who rejects the original call. Right. So in, in terms of the th- three stages we introduced tonight, he's, checking all three boxes galadriel on the other hand you know there's no reluctance in what she wants to do now that doesn't mean that she can't embark on a traditional hero's journey talk more about that as we go along um by the way i looked it up tolkien did fight oh did he okay he did okay so certainly would have a he was at the battle of the Somme. in fact oh wow yeah obviously that's going to have so yeah, I, I, I refer to my previous comments. So. Okay. Um, anything else about the Numenor story that you want to bring up before we move on? Man, there's so much. I think, <laughs> but no, I, th- I think we've we've really talked because there's there's so much that we still like uh, the Queen's dad. Like she goes to tell him the elf has arrived, right? Um, which apparently, like people have been kind of dreading an elf showing up, right? Like this is some kind of portent. I, I assume there's something bad happening. And we know by the Lord of the Rings that Numenor is no more. So, you know, maybe that did happen, you know. Right. I mean, um, is there a cave painting in Numenor of, a, you know, a woman with long blonde right. hair that, uh, you know. Right. So, um, but it was. It, Stormbringer. I, 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 exactly. Like, I think it's just adds such a, um, it was just such a, I, I didn't know where they were going when the, the, the ship rolled up on them. And the, the last episode, and I was just so dazzled and enthralled with this part of the story that uh, I, th- I think it's just awesome, man. I think it's so cool. I love the character, like Elendil, 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 and Isildur. It's freaking Isildur is his son, man. You know, like um, this is really cool stuff. I'm kind of geeking out on this a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, the other story. You know, revolves around the Harfoot, albeit it was pretty short, and their preparations for migration. And you know, we've we've talked about Nori and her desire to, you know, I mean, it's not that she has a bad relationship with her family and her people because she doesn't. She loves her her family, but she just longs to see what else is out there. So the first scene we see with the Harfoot. Nobody goes off trail. Nobody walks alone. And we know, well, she's going to do that the first chance she gets. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the walking alone part is what's going to place her in danger. Now, is she actually going to be walking alone? You know, well, that's kind of doubtful, but you know, so whether the, well, she's got poppy and the stranger, and the stranger, right? And her family. So yeah, but um, I you you certainly get the sense that that mom and dad are going to be left behind as she and Poppy and the stranger go off on whatever adventure or misadventure that uh, yeah will will befall them. But you know, I mean, we we just certainly know that's going to happen. And and then that you know the, the thing with the constellation is still out there, but but that that argument that she and poppy have there's head sense and heart sense no there's common sense and nonsense <laughs> i'm yeah. like this is awesome you know some of these things that that you know if i was still teaching i'd be like oh, i don't write that i gotta use that uh. <laughs> um you know but but everything we've learned about the harfoot and they are a species that's really not been a part of lord of the rings this is you know, i think you mentioned last week they're they're sort of ancestors of the hobbits yeah clearly hobbits right right but they're they're nomadic hobbits the fact they're, that they, they settled down i guess right but the, again but the fact that they're 
willing to leave behind people that can't keep up. Right. That's survival. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but they just don't seem like those kinds of people. So there's that. Right, right, because they're so different from like the hobbits, right? Where community and family is like everything. Yeah. And and just the, the, the whole sense of joy and gaiety that that seems to permeate every scene that the harfoot are in and then it's like oh you got you can't keep up yeah good luck to you we'll sing about you next year right yeah i mean it gets dark pretty quick there right yeah. like they even have like they they list the names and they get the poppy's family and they just read off all of you know like when we realized her whole family got wiped out in a landslide yeah, and, you know, you know the whole- and she has to sit here and listen to this every time they read these names, you know, like, that's, wow. Yeah. And, that's, that's rough. Right, and, and then that line that, that she utters, heaven forbid we explore something new, and no, that's, I, I guess to make your point, that's why we've survived, because we don't do anything new. We do what works. Right. Stay your lane. Yep, and that's how we survive, so- you know, obviously that's not going to be good enough for Nori and, and that's okay too. And and then I wrote in my notes that, you know, clearly Nori's mother is not a modern ma- mom. Child, you're not special. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, and of course she wouldn't, she wouldn't go far in, in our society. Right, but, but the irony in all of these, it's like, yeah, okay. We know she's special. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then Aaron Deer and the Orcs. You know, on the one hand, I was pretty disappointed that we didn't see Bronwyn. I assume we'll see her next episode and, and her son. Right. Well, there's only so much they can cover. Yeah, sure, yeah, like- which is kind of ironic in that these are an hour and two, hour and three-minute episodes. But still, he's an Orc prisoner, and you know they're talking about Morgoth's successor, Fred mentions the fact that the episode's titled Adar, yet we don't really, I mean, right. we see him at the, he almost looked human to me. I mean, it was a glimpse. I didn't pause it and go stand next to my big screen. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't, they, it's, it's much like Ellen Dill at the, at the end of the last episode where, you know, they end with this kind of cliffhanger of someone rolls up on them. Who is it? You know, and everything. So there's a lot of questions of, who is it, right? Because we know that we know there's characters like like Gandalf and the Stranger. Is the Stranger Gandalf? Well, you know, like I'm just asking that because I'm expecting to see Gandalf, right? I know he's like um, been around as long as Sauron has, so um, you know I'm expecting him. So uh, that's, I'm, I'm looking for the people that I know, Elrond and Galadriel, and all these people that, from the Lord of the Rings. You know, Adar is he Sauron? You know. I don't know. Like, I kind of like that, especially since they named this after him, but then we don't see him until the end. So, I mean, that really, you know, leads to a sense of who is this guy, right? Because they, they even the, the entire episode is named after him, but really he even, he, his story doesn't even start until almost the end of it. And we, he himself enters at the very end, but we don't even see who it is. So obviously there's someone, it's someone big. And it could be someone big that we don't know yet, but it also could be Sauron. Right, right. Um, you know, you mentioned last week about Peter Jackson's movies and, and the elaborately constructed action sequences. And so far we haven't really had anything like that. Now, what I really loved about this part of the story was first of all how just absolutely terrifying whatever that creature was it looked like a dog crossbred with uh, whatever um but that it was so tightly constructed it it you know i i didn't time it but i would suspect it was under a minute in length yet it seemed so much longer because of the danger that everybody yeah. was under and, and just the, the war. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, will we see more of that? Probably. Uh, and, and if they can keep it this tightly 
constructed, I'll certainly be happy with that. Because as I've said before, I don't like these three, four, five minute battle scenes, which, uh, you know, you might say, hey, didn't you say you loved Vikings? Yeah, I did. And, (laughs) you know, but. Yeah, good point. But. I got you there. Yeah. So, you know. Anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, um, no, I, that was that was cool because there, there was definitely a lot of tension and a lot of energy in that you know that that kind of quote unquote battle, um, especially when they released the warg, um, and then you know like you have the, the hope, you know that they're going to escape, and then the hope is dashed and everything. So there was uh, there was a lot that happened, and you're right, it wasn't a long sequence, um, but they were able to kind of achieve a lot there and um you know Aaron Deer who was still a guy who were like I don't know about this guy you know like he's kind of like a little you know we're just not sure like what the what the rate obviously we know he's a good guy like we're not we're not concerned that he's like some agent of Sauron or anything like that but we didn't really haven't gotten to see him really be like heroic until now and now he's like heroic and we're like man i i like this guy a lot now yeah and and i like him especially when you pair him up with galadriel even though the two of them you know are not in scenes together but but they're both warriors her arrogance you know is at one end of the extreme and you know we, we go back to last week's episode where he's trying to tell bronwyn that he's in love with her you know and then it's like well i've told you a hundred times i didn't use any words but you know i told you and 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 i know you pointed out well that's not nothing yeah uh, that's a thing actions but but he's confident but not arrogant at all and right clearly she's confident and arrogant so you know i like the way they kind of parallel each other sure in similar ways but but also different ways so uh, yeah he's a fascinating character i i yeah and we can i think we're just seeing him just beginning to develop sure like this is a guy who yeah i don't know about anything about how he actually shakes out in tolkien or anything but we can see that this guy is is going to be big he's going to be a big hero he's just kind of just starting down that road and we see that here because he is willing to you know, he's the one who goes to fight the warg, uh, so that the other guys can escape. Right. You know. So like, I mean, you got to appreciate sure. that. Right? That's really, you know, heroic for lack of a better word right. of him. And now he's the only one left alive. Is he going to escape on his own, or will somebody come to his rescue? Right. I'm betting on an escape by himself, but. Because who knows he's there? Yeah, but. I don't know. Right? Yeah, no one does. But he's in. He's in pretty dire straits, though. Yeah, you know, they're like, taking him to see Adar. So yeah, I, I feel like they take you see Adar. Like man, that's that's pretty serious. Yeah. So. All right. But again, we got the the cool scene, like just like in House of the Dragon, with the people chanting the guy's name. We just kind of see him uh, backlit, you know, like walking, and as people chanting. Well, in this case, orcs chanting his name so that's all that is never going to be not cool no so all right anything else well oh i mean with the the, the brandy bucks right uh, they aren't going to get left behind because which i mean i definitely saw i mean like the minute her dad hurt his foot and everyone's worried is he going to be able to you know like is he going to be able to walk on that like well this the stranger could just grab the cart. Exactly know, like, right. He's a he's a big lad. You know, like he can. You're you're set. Don't worry about it. So like I mean like I probably I, I feel like I'm not alone in in knowing that that was definitely going to happen. But it was still a, a really cool scene. You know because he was. And again, I, I think I might my firm belief that it's Gandalf. I probably don't see him as a threat. Where if I didn't think he was Gandalf, I would probably see him as being at least a little bit potentially threatening to to the Harfoot. I, I love the scene where uh, Nori was hiding under the table and uh, Poppy is trying to direct her. Oh, oh yes. Uh, uh, left. Get yeah, yeah. the parchment, right? Right, right. right. Um, that, was, that was great. So, you know, again, just like I, I said before, I mean, my favorite scenes from the Lord of the Rings movies were definitely the ones with the hobbits in, in, in their town and everything. 
Um, so to see the Harfoots, I, I really enjoy when, when we get to see them and their just their normal everyday life. Elrond's brother built the library, right? They had the, like the little picture of Elrond and his brother in there. Oh, yeah. In Numenor. Yeah. So, I mean, what's up with that, you know? Yeah, I think that uh, that might be it. Okay. Loved it. Love this episode. Okay. It's great. All right, well, let's hear what Fred's got for us, and we'll be right back to talk about that. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Season 1, Episode 3. Impressive episode, visuals are so stunning. Really, with these training boats of Numenor and Numenor Harbor and City, really, really uh, impressive. Perhaps even more than the works of the dwarves. That Galandriel is quite some lady. Is she arrogant? I think uh, actually yes. At least very stubborn. But to be honest, at least she wants to listen a little bit to uh, Captain Allendale and also to Helbrand. But still. Okay, let's start with some nitpicks. I found it quite annoying that Galadriel told the story about how Numenor was founded, actually, and that it were humans that were on the elves' side and against Morgul. But we didn't get the answer why they pushed the elves away and still the king that's not reigning anymore and his daughter is as a regent also was quite on the elf's side as actually more or less this captain allendale is but what happened there we still don't know also a bit strange is the episode is called adar and we only see a flash of him at the end is he an urukai or something like that that is a more intelligent and very big orc, often the leader of some orc armies. But I think we have to wait a week for that. I found the Hobbit story a little bit slow-paced and not so very interesting. And of course the captured elves with the orcs had a lot of tension, but was also not so much bringing the story forward. It was actually the Galandriel part of this episode that was really interesting and bringing the story forward. So with that, three stories and only one is very appealing to me. I'm not that satisfied. On the other hand, it, the world building and the whole filming, etc. is so good. It's just enjoyable to look at it. So it's it's not annoying me so far. I mean, the pace of the series. Okay, that will be all for now. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. All right, well, you know, again, like often happens, we talked a lot about uh, Fred's feedback during the course of the discussion. Um, you know, Fred mentions the pace, and it's interesting because, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, while we're nearly 40% of the way through season one, it doesn't feel like the pace is that slow. I guess it's, again, like Game of Thrones, where you've got this sprawling epic story with all of these different cultures, all of these different species and families, and it's going to take a little bit to introduce them all. And, you know, I think they've done a good job of... of doing that and keeping the pace workable. I'll just say I, that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't agree with Fred and the pacing here. I mean, I thought the pace was, was perfect. Like, you know, again, I, my way to, to of my um, subjective, very subjective way of grading pace is at the end of it, do I think, wow, it's done already, you know? And with this one, I was kind of like, holy cow, that was an hour. Seriously. So much happened. I thought the, I thought the pace was was really good, I, I, and especially like I said, I mean the visuals just they're just so they're so stunning, and they really uh, do a fabulous uh, job of creating this world. Which 
they should because this is right like the most expensive television show ever made in the history of the medium. So, you know, the visuals better be good, yeah. right? Yeah, they expect it's going to cost over a billion dollars when all said and done. And uh, and the other thing, not that we needed to have somebody tell us this, but and I don't think it was Jeff Bezos that said this, but you know, one of the big wigs at at Amazon has said, you know, we want to make this more for families to be able to watch. That this is not Game of Thrones. It's not gonna be Game of Thrones. Yeah. So there is. If if your kids are watching Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, yeah, do not let them watch the last episode. Yes, at all. Yeah, but don't. don't. And probably not even once. If if they're establishing anything that episode, then they don't let them watch any further episodes either. All right, so I'm gonna go watch that episode, even though I haven't seen two and three. Yet. Right, I know I've sold you yeah, on that. Yes, so. you're watching that shit tonight, man. Um. <laughs> anyway, Fred, thank you for your feedback. Um. You want to go first on a grade? You know. Go ahead. I say A. I got to say A. I'm going to say A. Um, I feel bad. I feel a little dirty saying it. Maybe she should say A minus. No, you can go A. I mean, you know, it's interesting because I really like this episode, and and I've mentioned many times that my attention span is not what it probably should be, and and yet (laughs) I would watch this episode, and I'm like, oh, man, it's half over. And... For me, usually I'm like, oh, 10 minutes? Okay, um, I'll go get a drink and then come. Yeah. So for me, the pace is really there. But still, it, it, I think it's something that I'm just going to have to come to terms with that. I, I, see, this is a terrible thing to say, and I know I'm going to be proved wrong because Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's just, I don't know how much depth there is to this story and the stories that we're seeing. And and yet, as soon as the words come out of my mouth, I know I'm going to be proved wrong. So anyway, I was going to go. I don't, I don't know if you will. I I assume you will be proved wrong, but you're, but I also agree with you at this point. I, I think you're absolutely right that what we're getting is rather superficial because they are taking now three episodes and they're still world building. Yeah. You know, so we haven't even really explored these stories very much at all. We think about like Galadriel. What has she really done? I mean, we saw her kind of for a couple minutes, a big trek to the north that uh, that her companion said, nope, we're not doing it anymore. And she goes back and she jumps in the water and now she's in Numenor. So really, like what has happened with her? Well, not very much. Well, and, you know, what's happened with Arendelle? Well, right. And, and what have we learned right. about her character is that she's overly driven character that really doesn't care about what anybody else thinks or wants, that this is my pursuit and get on. I mean, there's got to be more to her character, and I'm sure there will be. Yeah. And you just see, I mean, this is all set up. Sure. Right. I mean, we literally just met one of the great heroes of the Lord of the Rings series. And he's just like this little twerpy teenager who doesn't want to do what his dad wants him to do, you know, and who won't like we know, like Zilder, I'm pretty sure is not going to be a sailor, but right now he's just like a, a kid. Um, so it's like, it's just, it's just all set up right now. Um, and you just know that once they start telling this story, it's just going to, I'm hoping that it's just going to blow me away. I think the potential is really there, but I completely agree with you at this point right now. We just really haven't gotten much story. It's cause it's all just world building and setup. Yep. So, uh, all right. Um, any final thoughts? Well, what, what are you giving? What'd B, you say? B plus. B plus. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go a minus then. Well, no, I don't we can't, wanna... we can't, we can't, we can't be two grades away. Well, like we that. can. I felt bad giving it an a just cause I mean, I loved it, but just I feel like I'm I just feel like I'm maybe geeking out too much on this a little bit, David. And that's okay. That's my concern. Okay. That's my concern. I feel like I'm getting letting my emotions get the best of me here. Well, that's okay. So <laughs> all right, well we'll go ahead and leave it there, if that's okay with you. Sure. Well, that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Wanna thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, anything going on in your genre world. 
Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. If you want to send us an email, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about the Ravens home opener against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, or for sure. Episode four of Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. We talk about both. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but until then. But well, we just have to really kind of, you know, you know, as as any podcasters, you know, we just have to be careful of what we say and what we do. You know, we have to conduct ourselves well in public because their eyes and their judgment are always upon us. <laughs>